Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. So for this Mr. Robot episode 11 review, we're going to start off with a little bit of feedback. Feedback from episode 10. This first little maybe five minute segment or something like that is going to be just feedback and I have not watched episode 11 yet, but if you fast forward to about five minutes in or something like that, I'll put a timestamp when the episode 11 review begins so check the notes for that but uh first off we have um comments from crayon divinity uh he asked me to go check out one of his videos real quick and normally i'm not you know trying to go uh, promote a bunch of different channels but crayon had a very interesting breakdown of a tyrell and elliot uh crossover he thinks that they are the same person so at first I didn't believe him and honestly the more he started uh laying out the facts I mean he was like Charlie off of uh what is it always sunny in Philadelphia with the the red yarn pulling it out showing you know this is crimes located to this crime to this and to this and I was like whoa 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 and so the more he started to lay out some of the facts uh crayon uh he says one of the first faces of uh, when Elliot's face is turning in the mirror, I think it's season one, it turns from Elliot to uh, Tyrell. He says Tyrell is the first face that it turns to. Um, there's always tons of weird framing around it. I'm not going to recite everything that he says in his video. Go check out his video if you want to see the full review. But he has uh, he's laid out uh, over a handful of suggestions that refer to as... Uh, Mr. Robot and Elliot are actually fractions of Tyrell and that Tyrell is actually the main character, which is an extremely interesting way to, you know, frame this entire show. And it's one of those ways that if that was the case, that it would recontextualize the entire show. Um, but I, I wrote down, you know, a handful of things that uh, are points that Crayon was talking about, you know. Uh, there's always these weird interactions with Tyrell and Elliot and uh, let's just say strangers. Like a couple episodes ago when uh, we lost Tyrell in that episode, they go inside to a gas station and a lady there pretty much only refers to them as one person and doesn't talk to all three of them at one time. Kind of the same deal with, uh, what's his face, uh, Price. And uh, the end of season two, I believe. Um, I do feel like there are a couple of plot holes with uh, Crayon's uh, thinking with the third uh, element being Tyrell. I'm not sure if that's narratively satisfying, for one thing. Um, he definitely lays out some great points that would uh, suggest that they might be one person. Um, there's just a couple of small, intricate details, like who is, who are the people talking to when Elliot is clearly not in the vicinity and it's just Tyrell? Like, uh, I, I believe Crayon does, does bring up the fact that, uh, Joanna, um, can quote unquote see right through Elliot, which might refer to it being that he might be Tyrell, but that would be, it would be very odd for all of these uh, interactions with people to uh, 
refer back to them actually talking to Tyrell instead of Elliot. And there was just so many times that I was like, I don't know if this theory would actually play. So I honestly don't think that it's going to pan out that way. But I do think that he lays out a pretty interesting um, uh, case for it. Um, Katarina Ferreira says, shout out to Kurt Vonnegut who references, obviously, the Breakfast of Champions references when Leon says he has to steal a miner, meaning taking a leak. But not only that, the taxi company takes Darlene and Dom to the motel. The To the motel is called Dresden Taxi. Oh, the taxi is called that. I think that everyone knows that Vonnegut knows that he was actually at the Dresden bombing. And, of course, that inspired him to write Slaughterhouse-Five. I... I have no idea uh, any Kurt Vonnegut references, so that completely went over my head. So uh, I appreciate that, uh, Katarina. Um, who we have, Bruce Kent. Um, seems like one caught the ending part since I don't see it in the comments. What? Oh, it seems like no one caught the ending since I don't see it in the comments. It was Dom and Darlene simultaneously confronting their fears and stepping into a new chapter of their lives that will allow them to grow as individuals. So it's kind of that uh, you don't always get what you want, but you get what you need um, kind of saying. I, I did catch that off of the uh, the Bald Move podcast. It's one of my favorite Mr. Robot pod- podcasts that I think they did an excellent breakdown of uh, of the series, but especially of this episode. Um, Bruce Kent continues to say, Dom was too attached to mundane things and didn't do anything for herself ever, so much to the point where she stayed in the episode uh, that she had never even made herself, she had stated in the episode that she had never made herself a grilled cheese in over, sandwich in over five years. Now she's leaving on a trip and is finally detached from responsibilities. Darlene relies on people too much. So, so much to the point that she spirals into drugs when separated. Now that she is by herself, she is forced to learn to be independent. Besides that, this was a boring episode for a change, but every show has a misfire. Oh, so Bruce didn't like uh, didn't like this episode. I actually heard um, a few whispers to the vine that this episode didn't always work for um, certain people. I... I can see how this episode would kind of feel like putting on the brakes to something, you know, the train that was chugging along for, I don't know, several episodes. I think this is one of those cases where you have um, these excellent characters that we want to wrap up the endings to, but um, not every show or every movie gets to. So if this was playing and as a Let's just say this season was a movie. I don't think these this scene would have happened, or it wouldn't have been this elongated. But since we have this as uh, a show, we have forty minutes to really dissect the ending of uh, these two major uh, female characters, uh, female centric characters, and uh, putting the dark army stuff aside. Uh, I honestly liked how they executed it. I heard some mixed reviews on the music choices. I do prefer a lot of times. I do prefer having the score on the uh, the Mr. Robot, you know, the synth uh, hitting really deeply because I think that having this uh, soundtrack, I heard it was like Carly Rae Jepsen or something like that, 
turned it into a little bit more of a quote-unquote rom-com style and not so much of a, a, a Mr. Robot cinematic style. Now, I, I don't know if I 100% agree with that. I don't know how you all are feeling. Um, this pacing of this episode didn't necessarily bother me, but if we go back and find out that all of these Dark Army, you know, operatives were there, uh, you know, just to take out Dom and Darlene or, you know, keep an eye on them, I think it's a completely different story. Like, like you know, Sam Esmail's always been doing, he's recontextualizing the entire season by just adding these tiny little, uh, little ideas and uh, droplets, kind of like... Uh, uh, crayon was divinity was uh discussing you know in his uh theories and stuff like that it's just small subtle details within time shiftiness whether kind of stuff like losing mobley and uh trenton at that one time like we at, some of us didn't catch that it was you know two different time periods happening during that episode or there were several different hours in between and that we had already you know they had already been shot by that point um sam Esmail likes to do that you know the framing of course people uh the a lot of the framing of the episodes make it look like there's room for another person um or you know another quote unquote entity something like that uh all right i've rambled enough uh, it's been probably 10 minutes sorry uh one more thing, uh, there's only, Irene says there's only about 350 million people in uh, the United States and about 8 billion people in the entire world. So I needed to just get that out. All right, so let's start the review for Mr. Robot Episode 11. Mr. Robot Season 4 Episode 11. Here's a synopsis real quick. This is sponsored by... EliasRoushMedia.com Photo, video, digital media production EliasRoushMedia.com Here's a synopsis White Rose's men kill the FBI agent sent for Zhang As she proclaims there is only White Rose now Elliot arrives at the Washington Township nuclear plant Finding employees slaughtered and is brought to White Rose They argue about the nature and of people, hatred in the world and with White Rose claiming her machine will create a better one, while Elliot says those that love him, quote, even though he hates himself, unquote, make the world still worth saving. White Rose has already activated the machine, killing herself, as she says Elliot has a choice. Elliot plays an old computer game thinking he can stop the nuclear meltdown, but seems it's too late. He and Mr. Robot express their love for each other as everything turns red. In an alternate world, Elliot is the upbeat and happy CEO of Allsafe and an only child engaged to Angela and has a loving relationship with his still-living father. Zizang is... Beloved charitable is a beloved charitable woman. He lands a major account with the F Corp after saying he'll always stand with Tyrell. Elliot returns home only to recognize that Elliot in a hoodie is sitting at his computer. So this was the episode exit. Episode 11 is the one that I guess answers the question whether Mr. Robot is seriously a sci-fi or, 
you know, if, if this is a supernatural, I guess this is way more sci-fi that we're having. Um, White Rose explains to us that she wants to bring a parallel universe to us and that she has this... Uh, uh, when, when Elliot is down there in... I'm just going to say the cellar where he, uh, you know, the place they're doing the little uh, White Rose showdown. Um, it is, for one, it's it's got some interesting cinematography, for one thing. I really love the cinematography in this episode. Um, I will say a couple of the sets did look a little bit eh to me. I don't know if any, ever, anybody else got that. Um, the Washington Township plant did look a little bit like a... a like a green screen to me. Uh, I'm not sure if some other sets didn't work from other people, but other than that, this was the episode that really answered the question of, you know, the, the parallel universe. And that was kind of floating around, but I mean, we got an, a legitimate answer, but we're not exactly sure uh, to what extent, because honestly, I was watching this thinking, you, you know, people would try to guess this and the fact that Sam Esma wants to open this Pandora's box at the very last second and kind of leave us hanging at the very end without answering too many questions is, you know, a tad frustrating. It's like, oh my gosh, this is like, we've got so much of this world to explore, but it's like, oh, it sucks. I can't just jump into the next episode so I can get some answers because um, we we get some amazing cameos back, like, some of our predictions were that we were going to see Tyrell again. Um, it's interesting that we fade into a red light, as in Tyrell fades into a blue light. Does that mean Tyrell faded into a different parallel universe or something back in episode four, something like that? Or, you know, what is what does the color scheme have to do? I know that that's kind of a matrix matrixy thing if you think about it. You know, red pill, blue pill kind of thing. But, um. I don't have any answers and I don't nothing in the comment section either that would refer to, you know, having to go to a, a parallel universe and let alone what what are we going to do in this parallel universe? I know and the fever dream that Elliot had back in season 1 um kind of discussed some of this if uh you know he, I think uh was Angela says, you know, we're we're going to get married or something like that and it's that kind of thing. It's it's it, it's it's really going back on season one and rewriting a lot of the things that uh, season one had going for it originally, you know, such as not instead of E Corp, we got the F Corp. Um, you know, Elliot's kind of the big shot at Allstate and uh, we get Ollie coming back, that asshole. Um, he's still and he in the one thing he comes in and says some racist shit, you know, what does he say? He can sell snow to an Eskimo or something. I was like, God dang it. <laughs> Ollie, that's the one thing you got to come in and say. So um, I thought it was funny that he walks in real quick and says some dumb shit, I guess. Um, what else do we have? This episode, it really felt like a thick episode. Did anybody else feel that? Because the first half is um, kind of slow and methodical as, you know, we're following Elliot, you know, telling his uh, Mr. Robot and his, I guess, his folks that he wants to do this alone. Um, and there's, I didn't catch any of the soundtracks. I'll have to go back and maybe, you know, throw it in the show notes or let somebody comment and be like, oh, it's actually, it's actually this uh, soundtrack. And, uh, and, and this means uh, he wanted to commit, you know, uh, 
uh, larceny or something. I don't know. It's like y'all. I'll have everyone in the comments be like, uh, you know, this is what the song meant here. This is what the song meant here. I don't really have time for that at this uh, very moment um, because a lot of this uh, this specific uh, show tonight was. Uh, soundtrack based so we're gonna have to go back and really dissect some of the soundtracks if we want to maybe find some hidden meanings and whatnot um i found it interesting that in the parallel universe i'm kind of jumping around in this review it's uh kind of got it all jumbled in my head i guess at this point but anyways i found it interesting that we didn't have uh, a darlene in this episode uh, I felt like she's such an integral part of the the majority of the season and Elliot's life. It's like, why? What was the decision to have her not involved in the uh, parallel universe? I think that's kind of interesting from a narrative standpoint. Let me see anything anyone said on the comment section in the previous review, real quick, and see. Um, yeah, a lot of people were talking about Irving and stuff from the previous uh, episode. It's like that none of that was uh, talked about. I guess because we transferred to this new alternate universe that, that none of that is going to be um, revealed. Like, I mean, the the Dom stuff, the Darlene stuff, like, does any of that even matter? Does I guess, does any of it matter that, uh, you know, the the Deus group is robbed in the original timeline. Like I'm very curious what the original timeline is. Cause the, the longer this was going on, the longer I was thinking, Oh my gosh, have we been watching? Has the Mr. Robot season one, two, three and four majority of four all been taking place in a parallel, you know, a separate universe. And we're actually the regular universe is the one we were just shown tonight. Like that would be mind blowing. I'd be like, Oh my God. You know, it, it it was even weird to see Rami Malek in this like, uh, you know, bright and happy and upbeat um, lighting scheme. It, it it's just so jarring at this point. It's like, what is going on? And it seems that it's been uh, either rewind or fast forward to May, based on the uh, phone, and also Tyrell in this parallel universe looks like. I don't want to say he looks like a bum, but I mean, um, you know, we've seen what he's looked like the majority of Mr. Robot, and it was not, you know, glasses, you know, thick glasses with a beard. Like, not that anything's wrong with that, but I mean, he was, I got glasses and a beard, but like Tyrell was clean cut, you know, no glasses, always in a suit, and seeing him like this is just like, oh my gosh, almost... Uh, recontextualizes me as a person. I'm like, I gotta go get me a nice suit. Is that what I, is that what it turns me into? Looking like, you know, looking good. Um, but yeah. So uh, let me say anything else. I don't see uh, Katarina Ferreira. I think I talked a little bit about that. Uh, the Kurt Vonnegut reference earlier. That was pretty catchy. Um, I really like that opening shot with White Rose. Uh, I I thought that the SWAT team had come in and like taken out White Rose and everything like that. I was like, oh shit, the, you know, going back and seeing this scene again, especially in the way that it's going through the flashbacks at the very beginning and it leads into the actual episode playing. That was pretty smooth, and we kind of get some extra uh, uh, additional content. I believe there's some additional content between Darlene and Elliot. I don't I don't think he actually said you know thank you for caring about me or something like that. Um, in the original episode, it it does kind of play a little bit with that, 
And uh, let me see what else we have. Anything else here? Um, I thought it was an interesting F Society speech. You know, the, he, there's been a F, you know, F Society speech every single season, and we've been kind of waiting for it. You know, for him to say something, and he finally says it to uh, White Rose, which BD Wong, holy shit, he's he's fucking scary as hell as White Rose. I was like, oh my. I was like, this is a uh, next level BD Wong. Um, but I was, I kept, you know, my mind kept shifting. I was like, whoa, you know, who am I watching again? This is, this is BD Wong. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, phenomenal uh, portrayal as White Rose. I was blown away. Um, let me see anything else I have in my notes. I started taking notes kind of late into it. Um, based on, let me see. Hoodie Elliot is waiting back in his home, waiting back in Elliot, Red Elliot's home. I'm just going to call the parallel universe, uh, the Red universe, um, and then that's going to be Red Elliot. So Red Elliot um, meets uh, our Elliot, and our Elliot is just standing there on the computer. I was like, I guess the computer is the, the portal to getting to and from these places is what it looks like. Um I'm just curious, is the regular timeline, is our, is our Elliot dead? Because based off of what, you know, that uh, little hallway of fire, what was going on over there, it looked like it was probably having a nuclear meltdown. So uh, I, you know, have a lot of questions about what the what's going on in the main timeline. You know, Sam Esmail likes to, you know, cut before we get to see some really important stuff. So we may not have the full story on the regular timeline. Um, this is an interesting timeline. It's not like everything's like, um, everything's like all dandy and everything. It's kind of like, you know, the world is kind of the same, just, but with like a remix, it's like Mr. Robot with a remix and we have like, uh, we see, you know, things like Angela's apartment. Uh, I didn't understand what the blood in the trash can was all about. Does anybody get what that was? Does, is Price still, like, suffering from something? Does he have, like, some condition? I, I didn't understand what the trash can thing was. Y'all let me know in the comments. Um, anything else? Uh, uh, Washington Town Township plant at the beginning, that was a pretty intense scene. Him going in and doing the little hack. And then all of a sudden, the Dark Army just suddenly appearing. And that guy always munching on a damn burger. Why is that guy always munching on a burger? Can anyone tell me? Is that guy just always getting hooked up with the fresh burgs from, you know, Red Wheelbarrow or something like that? And, I mean, you know, I, I, I wondered if they were kind of implying that this guy had been munched on some burgers for a while. I, I just want to know why. I, I, I don't know. Um, and I'm surprised that no one... I, in the comments or podcast I had heard that had thought that White Rose was going to kill herself, I didn't even think about, you know, she she pulls the gun out at one point and is pointing it at Elliot when they're in the, you know, the little basement cellar or whatever. And, um, and I was not expecting her to, you know, pull it on herself, but I mean, I should have. I mean, her entire gang and everything is based off of that. So, um, yeah, it, a lot of a lot of questions but also a lot of answers about you know this next parallel universe what does this time uh time universe do is this going to be satisfying i'm i'm curious what everyone's thinking about it i i see that it has a 10 
on IMDb, but I'm not sure if that's just because it's really fresh after the the you know the show is done uh, or or what. So I believe next week on December 22nd is when the next two are coming out. I, I don't know if it's two in one night or if it's uh, I don't know. Keep you know stay stay tuned to see what what's going on with series finale part one and series finale part two. I think they're airing in the same night, if not back-to-back nights. So, you know, check your local listing, whatever's going on with that. Um, but yeah, I was blown away with this episode for one. Um, as a total episode that explains and feels narratively satisfying, I do feel like it definitely has some pacing um, problem. I wouldn't even call it a problem. It just feels like it's very much one half or of uh, a whole. It definitely feels like the beginning of a movie or something like that. And we're waiting to see the last two thirds. It's hard to just rate this on its own because it's, you know, introducing us to the the outro of our regular robot and, and intro to our new robot. You know, there's. Uh, there's so much introdu- introduction and world building that Esmail has to do kind of, of exiting the old world and entering the new that uh, I, it definitely does that. And, and does anyone, you know, I know, I know that there was kind of an exit sign motif going on with the past uh, few seasons. People said something about like every time there was an exit sign on screen, something either there was a death going to happen or something was going to happen. I don't know. Um, I wonder if this, you know, exit means that, you know, has anything to do with that and it's exit with the capital X. I don't really know what that even means. Um, if anyone can think about that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those episodes that answers a lot of questions, but also it opens, uh, you know, Pandora's box of more and, you, you know, at this point, we can do a, a ton of predictions, and I'm not sure if we're all going to get, a, you know, a correct prediction, because I don't think anyone predicted anything at this point. Um, let me see. Anything else that I need to cover from the, uh, from the standpoint of the comments? Um... Yeah, no, I think we are just about done. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have, uh, yeah, someone had to pronounce me Chingy Flingy said uh, her name was Dominique, not Dominic. My bad. I'm sorry about that. Um, let me see. I think I covered that um, comment already. And uh Matt Gilbert, thank you for the subscription, and uh, everyone else that's subscribing, thank you as well. Um, stay subscribed and let me know what else y'all would like to cover. We have a ton of movies coming down the tube. Uh, check out the Lucky Doll podcast on uh, iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever your Overcast uh, podcast app is of choice. Um, let me see. Um, yeah, yeah, I appreciate everyone that's following. And uh, let me see. Abram Serfino says Leon is a member of a real life parody cult called the Church of Subgenius. And that's why he uses a laxware Linux, watches classic 90s television and calls people normies. And on that note, we are going to take it out. Take it easy and take it easy, friend. Thank you for listening, watching, whatever you're doing, friend. 
Rate, share, subscribe, look at all podcasts, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, what are the other? T- I don't know. There's there's a ton of these uh, social medias. Get you know, find one, subscribe, help us out. Rate us five stars. PayPal.me slash Look at All Podcast for donations. Thank you for helping us out, and rate us a thumbs up because that helps if you can help with anything. Thank you, and we can't do this without you. And I just want y'all to know, Mr. Robot fans, y'all are the best. Y'all y'all are the best. Cream of the crop. Thank you. Take it easy.